Welcome to another inspirational message from the chapel. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information, check out our website, thechapelcollective.com.au. Welcome, everybody. Uh, welcome to those who are in their lounge rooms at home. This is how I'm picturing you. You're in your pyjamas, you've got fluffy socks on, you're in your recliner and you have some hot toast and butter and a cup of tea. And uh, if you don't have that, I give you leave permission to quickly go and get that now before we uh, kick on into the message. And, um, and we're not jealous at all. Nope, not at all. Uh, so tonight we're, we're hooking into um, 40 Days of Purpose. We're in our, last, our second last week. And so we finish off next, well, not actually, we, we get a leave pass with Pastor Andrew Evans and then we finish the following week. And uh, we're really looking forward to um, bringing that to a close. I want to encourage you, we're reading uh, 40 Days of Purpose as a family. And so we're up to day three, okay, um, because we read it when we're together uh, at our kitchen, at our dinner table and it's, it's quite rare. And so we will finish in 2058. So wherever you're up to, don't worry. Just, just hook in, just read it, get to the end of it. Hello, Ivana, all the way from Armadale. Welcome to church tonight. And, um, and uh, yeah, just, just go ahead and keep reading it. Get on board with the daily contemplative prayer experiences online on social media and just do one a day. It doesn't matter if you've missed one or a couple, you can just do one every day. Uh, it's really exciting. Linnea, you have added new meaning to the phrase super duper, wherever you are. Um, I can't get it out of my head. Um, uh, okay, we're going. We are, as you see on your title, if you're a filler outer of sheets, you've got a sheet there somewhere around you. And if not, it'll be on a spare seat nearby you somewhere. And um, we're looking at the fourth purpose tonight. We've had the purpose of the fact that before anything else, and this just blows my mind, is that God made us to love us. He didn't make us to do stuff for Him. He didn't make us to get done what He wanted to get done. No, He made us to love us and then to love Him in return. Uh, that's called worship. And then He made us not only to love Him, but also to love His family, the church. And, uh, and that's called fellowship. Last week, we looked at the fact that He's called us to become like Him, not just, you know, decide to follow Him and then do whatever on earth we would like, but instead to actually become like Him. And He doesn't just leave us to that and test us on it at the end, but he, he works in us. He's like a tutor every step of the way, guiding us, leading us, directing us, correcting us. So we're so grateful for that, called to become like Christ. And then the fourth purpose, second last purpose tonight is there at the top of your sheet, you are called to bless. You are called to bless. And you bless people by serving them. You bless people by serving them. So I think we've got slides coming up. And uh, the, the first fill in the blank there is God shaped me to serve Him. God shaped me to serve Him. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 says, We are God's workmanship. And if you remember from week two, that we are God's workmanship, that word is poema. And it's like a poem. It's, it's creative. It's artistic. It's like that you are the masterpiece that God has put on the earth. He has fashioned you. He has formed you. We are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, what for? To do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So I want to do something tonight. This is our memory verse for the week. And I don't care if you don't like memory verses, if you think that's for Sunday school, I don't care. We're going to read this together tonight. You at home too, please. We are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do God good works, oops, which 
God prepared in advance for us to do. Now, I counted at least five people who didn't say it in here, and I know that you at home didn't, so we're going to read it again. We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. I would encourage you, memorize that verse this week. Memorizing Scripture does something in our hearts. To be able to recall Scripture to mind uh, actually is incredible. And the Holy Spirit will bring Scriptures to your mind right when you need them. And if you're like me and Chrissy and you grew up in a certain church, they're always in King James. Am I right, Chrissy? Yeah, Shakespeare, yes. Okay, so there it is, my life calling. And it says to be a bivocational minister of Jesus. To be a bivocational minister of Jesus. Now, if you're familiar with church world at all, traditionally a bivocational minister is someone who works a normal job and then pastors on the side. For many years, Daz and I were bivocational ministers. The church couldn't afford to pay us, and so we had regular jobs and then we pastored as volunteer. Chrissy's dad before us, Bob, he did that his whole tenure, worked um, night shift, day shift, all kinds of shifts, and then pastored on the side. Um, and, and so we're blessed now that, that we have a wage and we're able to work. But God has called us all to be bivocational ministers. If you are a Christian here tonight, if you have decided to follow Jesus, then service, I hate to tell you this, is not optional. <laughs> you know, someone just threw it down their sheet and walked out. That's okay. You keep walking. No, they didn't really. Um, but to be a bivocational minister of Jesus, when we're saved, we're saved also to serve, to serve other people, to serve all of humanity, to serve the church, to serve our family, yes, but actually to serve all of humanity. A bivocational minister, if you are a follower of Jesus, that is what you are because you work a regular job. But the purpose becomes multifold. You are doing it to get a paycheck. Am I right? Is anyone working just because they love it? Take the pay, boss. I don't need it anymore. Lou, you liar. And, uh, but, um, but oh, you're waiting for the paycheck, yes. Uh, and so, but, but also, if we do it for other people to help them, and do it for Jesus, we've just shifted up the purpose and become a multi-purpose uh, bivocational minister of Jesus. Galatians chapter 1 verse 15 says, Do not take up space and die. Oh no, that's, that's not what it says. God in His grace chose me even before I was born and called me. I want you to serve that word called because we're talking about calling and purpose and called me to serve Him. God in His grace chose me even before I was born and called me to serve Him. Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. It's not there on your sheet, so write it down if you like. Colossians 3, 17. It says, Whatever you do, do it all in the name of Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. It says, Whatever you do. What is the most menial task that you do in life? The most boring task that you do. If you do it with an attitude of doing it for other people and for Jesus, that menial task becomes a meaningful task. Menial tasks become meaningful tasks. Daniel Urquhart, maybe you're watching at home, but I remember a couple of years ago that Dan Urquhart preached a message about take no thought. It was a fantastic message. It stayed with me for years now. And he was talking about how when he goes around the house and locks up at night, that he used to have this, this voice in his head that was be like, oh, I'm the only one who does this. I'm the only one who locks up. And, and God started speaking to him about take no thought. 
you know, even if you're the only one locking up at night, if you lock up at night with the thought of protecting your family and, and doing it for Jesus and for others, that menial task becomes a meaningful task. A meaningful task. Serving others unselfishly. So the heading there is, what will happen if I use my life to serve and bless others? What will happen if I use my life to serve and bless others? Serving others unselfishly, number one, will create joy in my life. Number one, will, con- will create joy in my life. There was a movie a couple of years back, Will Smith and his son called In Pursuit of Happiness. And uh, it, it was a great movie actually, but, but, but it's true that most of our world is just in pursuit of happiness. We're looking for happiness and we don't realise the happiness that can remain, uh, which is called joy. That joy actually is despite our circumstances. This Uh, in pursuit of happiness, our world goes in pursuit of power, position, prestige. You know, it it looks at um, pleasure and and position and possessions and popularity. But, But that doesn't bring satisfaction. We can go for success, for salary, for status, for sex. But like the poet said, I can't get no satisfaction. I can't get no satisfaction. And I try, and I try, and I try, and I try. I can't get no. I can't get no. No, no, no. Okay, no satisfaction. And you might say, well, Bron, some of those things satisfy me, but don't you find that you're always looking for more? Otherwise, you would never want that thing again. You would, you would go, um, but satisfaction that comes from joy is comes from serving others. And so I'm going to give you two secrets of joy. Because if serving others unselfishly will create joy in my life, then I want to give you two secrets of joy. And maybe you were like me a little bit and you thought, well, really should our motivation about service be for us and the joy that it gives us? Well, the first secret to joy here is get the focus off myself. That will create joy in our life, to get the focus off ourself. It says, my life, in Philippians 2.17, this is Paul speaking, my life is being poured out as a part of the sacrifice and service I offer to God for your faith. Yet, I am filled with joy and I share that joy with all of you. He's filled with joy even though he's in sacrifice and service because if we can get the focus off ourselves that actually brings joy to our life this is completely counterintuitive in the world that we live in and yet it is true it says there Philippians chapter 4 verse 4 to 5 in the living bible always be full of joy in the lord i say it again rejoice let everyone see that you are unselfish and considerate in all you do i've had people say wow bron this verse just describes you to a t <laughs> yeah, you got it. <laughs> I was joking. Always be full of joy is has a direct correlation with being unselfish and considerate. Philippians chapter 2 verse 4, it's not on there, but write it down. Philippians chapter 2 verse 4 says, Forget about yourself long enough to lend a helping hand. Forget about yourself long enough to lend a helping hand. So Daz and I had a little bit of a chat this afternoon. And um, yesterday was a crazy, hectic day because of coronavirus. We had some of our staff who had come into contact with someone being tested and they haven't got the results back yet. 
And so then they and their families, obviously having been in contact, had to quarantine until the results get back. And it resulted in a scramble because there were people on band, there were people preaching, and we had to quickly fill all the gaps. And we were having dinner with Jess and, and Brad, and, and I'm taking phone calls and making phone calls, trying to get it sorted. And, um, and, and we got it sorted, and praise God for the wonderful people in our church. But also, we had a wedding yesterday and we knew that we needed to address the situation. So Daz and I had to do a video. He also had to do a video to fill in for the preacher that was supposed to be going up the hill. And so um, we had to film him in between the wedding and the reception. And because it's everyone's day off yesterday, I didn't feel like I could lump the staff with that. And so, sorry, Gyra, I'm so sorry for my video skills, but it was what it was. And, um, and so we put together the video last night. So we got home from the reception and, and Daz and Lockie, I had to put the video together. So... Locke and Daz played FIFA on the PS4. I, I think they had to. Like, there was nothing else that could have been done anywhere. And so they kind of had to do that. And so I'm there, and, and, and I've got to tell you, I've got to confess to you tonight that a bit of resentment began to rise in my heart. And I'm there, and I'm putting the video together, and I'm like, oh, okay, I'll just keep working. How about that? And, and I went to bed with that attitude. That's a big no-no just for everybody. And I was like, okay, whatever. And... Uh, and then I got up today and, and uh, this afternoon um, I had to uh, come in to prepare and whatnot to church and, and we had a board meeting today about action that we're going to take and we'll update you about that through the week. But I, I was kind of, you know, had to keep going and, and I got home and said, Daz, um, we had left a car here, can you give me a lift uh, to church? And, and he said, yep, sure thing. And he said, Lock, when I get back, we're playing FIFA, okay? And I went, oh, really? Is there anything else you'd like to do, Daz? Like maybe something around the house. And, um, and he looked at me like, what? what is going on? And I said, well, you know, I'm just saying that last night when I was in my room on the floor trying to put that video together because I had to stay connected to the short charger because that's the only one that will work on my phone, that you were just playing FIFA then and now you're going to play FIFA again. Daz is like, what were you doing at five o'clock this morning, Bron? I said, oh, he's in bed. He said, oh, when I was preparing. And I said, yes, that's what I was doing, sleeping. And he said, and last night, if you had have had nothing to do, uh, would you have relaxed after the wedding or would you have gotten up and cleaned the house? I, went, I would have relaxed. And, um, and he said, oh, okay. And, uh, and he said, I'm just saying, I said, I know what you're just saying. I just accepted it humbly, didn't I? So we can move on. And, uh, but the fact is, the fact of the matter is, is that if we'll just forget about ourselves long enough, to lend a helping hand, then actually it brings joy rather than tension. It brings joy rather than tension. Serving others gladly brings joy rather than tension. Imagine if I had have been in my room on the floor, cramping up, um, doing the video selflessly. Imagine that rather than resentment rising in my heart, going, Lord, thank you for the opportunity to be able to be getting this to Gaira so that they've got the word today. Imagine going to bed on that note instead of on the note of, <laughs> would have been a blessing and I wouldn't have gotten a much better sleep. So forget about yourself long enough to lend a helping hand. I find that whenever I try or whether ever Daz and I try to find out who's doing more, it's like the Hunger Games. The odds are ever in our favour, whoever's talking. And, you know, sometimes we just need to volunteer as tribute. I think the examples stop working. Okay, so secondly, serving others unselfishly will create joy in my life. And the second secret to this joy is I, use my, I will use my gifts to help others. Using my gifts to helping others is a second secret of joy. 1 Peter 4 verse 10 says that God has given each of you some special abilities 
be sure to use them to get paid. No, to help each other, passing on to others God's many kinds of blessings. You see, using our gifts to help others, it's more blessed to give than receive. And you don't want that to be your motivation, but it is good to know that it's a side effect. It is good to know that it's a side effect. If we want it to be our motivation, we will have moments like I did last night when we forget that it's a joy and we will forget that actually we're receiving from God. You know, in Malachi, I think it's chapter 3, verse 10, the Bible says, God's speaking to the people of Israel and he's reprimanding them because they've stopped tithing. And he says, why would you rob God? Why would you decide to look after yourselves rather than the house of God? Why would you forget that this is your responsibility? And he says, um, he says, tithe into the storehouse so that there might be food in my house. So provide for the ministry. And, and you'll see, he says, test me in this. It's the only place God says to test him. Test me in this. I will pour out blessing upon you that you won't be able to contain. Here's the problem with most preaching is that we just tell people, tithe and God will bless you. He will bless you so much that you won't be able to contain it. And we give them a motivation of blessing rather than the purpose, which is so that there'll be food in my house and providing for the work of the ministry and the blessing just flows on from that. And because we give them the motivation of the blessing, when they don't see it come through, they put a time limit on it. Well, I tithed for six months. I didn't see the result. So I'm going to stop tithing now. When in fact, there was a much greater purpose to tithing than a blessing. So using our gifts to help others, it's great to get that good feeling of joy in our life. But using them because we feel we've been blessed with them and we want to bless others, that's a better purpose. That's a better motivation. So number two, Serving others unselfishly will improve my relationships, will improve my relationships. The one who blesses, that bottom scripture, Proverbs eleven twenty five, the one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who help others are helped. That sounds like relationship to me. When we're giving and we're receiving and then we give out of that and then we receive again, that sounds like relationship to me. You know, some of us would say, well, I don't have time to volunteer. I'm sorry, I'm too busy. I'm just too busy to volunteer in any way, shape or form. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry about that. You really are missing out on being part of something. I'm really sorry to hear that. And I'm going to be praying for you that you can find some time because volunteering is actually one of the best things that you can do, feeling part of something, having relationships with other people, being on a team. You don't want to miss out on that. I look at Dave and Brenda. And I think about the fact that they've probably been serving God in the local church for 30 years, maybe even more, probably since you were kids. Just part of your life. Just if we go to church, we serve, that's it. We're just part of it. Why would we go and not be part of it? And so, and they're still here. They're still doing this and then they still go to outposts to help out wherever they can. And I see them as blessed and I see them as relationally blessed as well. So let's watch this video tonight and consider the blessing of serving. Imagine a church where every member is passionately, wholeheartedly, and recklessly calling the shots. I don't know who sets the worship center temperature, but why does it have to be so cold? Why do you have to be so right? Heated chairs are now being installed. This one wants a small church, but I'm afraid if it's too small, they're going to make me volunteer like crazy. And I don't stack chairs, do I? Makes total sense. 
Join now and we'll let you decide the size of our church. We're millennials and we want a church that... Say no more. Any requests you have will be granted immediately. Parking is horrible. It takes me almost six minutes to get from my car to the building. Oh. It's going to take me six seconds to tell you a valet service is on the way. My pastor's preaching, it's all over the map. I say, oh, I don't know, stick with the books of the Bible. We should be only exegetical. Okay, next week we start John chapter 1, verse 1. And we'll even start pronouncing that word the way you said it. Hey, I'd like this sermon to be no longer than 30 minutes. How does 15 minutes sound? Hey, anybody willing to go 15 should be willing to go to 10. <laughs> you drive a hard bargain. But from now on, five-minute sermons it is. <laughs> now you're talking. Me Church, where it's all about you. So really, that's just the promo for our new plant. <laughs> But, uh, but, you know, there is something about giving selfless, selflessly. We're called to bless and actually God pours into us as we bless others. The third purpose here, the third, sorry, third point here, that uh, serving others unselfishly will make my life meaningful, will make my life meaningful. You know, um, we watch Survivor at home. And any Survivor fans? Yes. Two. And um, But there's a guy in there whose wife sent him a message and she's like, you know, every morning you wake up, just thank the universe and the universe is going to be there for you and, and put out good vibes into the universe. And, and you know, I guess it, it's kind of got it sort of not at all right. But, um, but in, in the fact of um, that God created the universe wired so that if we're unselfishly blessing others, that actually we get meaning and, and we have this dynamic of it being poured back into our lives. Mark chapter 8, verse 35 says, If you try to keep your life for yourself, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will find true life. Spending our lives on behalf of others never leaves us in second place. And in fact... You know, um, in terms of being selfless and unselfish, there were five people who made commitments or recommitments to Jesus this morning to have a relationship with Him. And, uh, and I have always found this to be the case. You know, when you kind of get back to normal life and, and there's that toing and froing of, oh, should I follow what my friends are doing? Or should I, I've got this now sense that I never used to have about what's right and what's wrong. Should I follow that sense? What should I follow? That actually as we go, well, I'm just going to lose my life. I'm going to lose my reputation. That actually that's when I start finding it. That that's when I start finding real life and true life. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58 says, always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your work in the Lord is never wasted. I love that. If you've got a pen there, circle is never wasted about 15 times. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your work in the Lord is never wasted. Because sometimes, right, we can feel the opposite of that. We can feel like, was there any point to that? I think about our kids' workers and how they just sow in week upon week upon week and, and they will probably never see the fruition of what they're sowing in. 
but it is never wasted. Youth team, you sewing in and sewing in and sewing in is never actually wasted. We need to tell ourselves that. When we feel like a doormat, when we feel like, oh, I'm always the person picking up these things that everyone's just tossed on the floor in the youth section. So youth, pick those up after the service, please. But I'm always the one, I'm just always doing it. No, no, it's never wasted. It's never wasted. And finally, number four, serving others unselfishly will leave a legacy. Will leave a legacy. Is anyone like into epic movies like Braveheart, Gladiator? Not so much. Um, but like movies like Braveheart. <laughs> Got a good response with that one. Just going with it again. But these epic movies where a person in history is remembered because of their selflessness and their courage and their ability to, to um, lose their life for other people's sake. I love them. I love it. And I had to come to the realisation not that long ago, that no one is making movies about me. <laughs> that people might remember me. My kids will remember me. They'll tell their children and they'll tell their children's children and to maybe the fourth generation and then I'm forgotten. I'm done. I'm out. My name is not in any history books. My name is not in any lights. Nothing like that. That actually, you know, the kind of thing that I want to be remembered doesn't kind of happen. I want to leave a legacy, but, but really, in fact, on this earth, I'm not going to leave one. But where I will leave one and where you will leave one is you will be remembered by God always. The Bible says that if we confess Him before others, that He will confess us, that Jesus will confess us before His Father, that we're actually leaving a legacy. We remembered in heaven that we'll be remembered. Now, Proverbs chapter 10, verse 7 says, good people will be remembered as a blessing. So, yep, I reckon you've got a good few generations of that if you're a blessing, so that's good. If you want to be great, you must be the servant of all others. So that's realigning what we think of as greatness. But Hebrews chapter 6, verse 10, I'm coming to this. God is fair. He will not forget the work you did and the love you showed for Him by helping His people. And He will remember that you are still helping them. I actually really love what Daz said this morning, where he said that actually the legacy that we leave is in other people. As they see us spending our lives on behalf of others, that that sets them up to live the same kind of life. And an influence that though it can't be traced back to us personally, is actually lived on and on and on in the lives of others if we live selflessly. If you jump onto Amazon, you'll find that there's 500 leader books, books about leadership, to one book about servanthood. Servanthood is not popular, but it's right. It's right. And so in closing tonight, I just want to remind us that we're not called to bless people for a relationship with Jesus, but we're called to bless people from a relationship with Jesus. And, uh, and there you'll see how to get the most from Ministry Expo. Um, we don't have a Ministry Expo but even just thinking about what can you do to bless someone else, to actually be mindful and think about that. What can I do to bless other people? Maybe bring this to your connect group this week and say, what can we do as a group project to bless other people? And what's what you as a family, what's your family unit look like? Maybe it's just you, maybe it's you and six kids. What's it look like? What can you do as a family to bless others that sets up that purpose of blessing? And then finally, asking God, what role do you have for me? What role do you have for me? What can I do? In every environment that I walk into, what can I do? You know, the root of every relational problem is self-centeredness. 
James chapter 4 says, What is causing the quarrels and fights among you? It says, You want what you don't have. So if you look at all quarrels, fights that you ever have, the common denominator to every single fight or quarrel that you've ever had is you. And it's because you could probably say, I'm not getting what I want. And it says you don't have because you don't ask God. So let's be those that ask God for what we want and then just get on with serving and blessing others. Amen. Let's pray tonight and I'm going to hand over to Daz. Heavenly Father, thank You for the privilege of being able to bless others. Thank You for giving us gifts to be able to use them to serve others. Thank You for giving us desires of our heart and passions of our heart that will help us to serve others. Thank You for giving us experiences that help us to help other people through them. Lord, thank You for giving us a personality that You've designed us in a way that's gonna help certain people. And Lord, thank You for the ability to be able to help people. We count it as a privilege, Lord, to serve and to bless other people. Lord, we really trust You to guide us into whatever we need to, to have ears to hear the need, to have eyes to see the need, and to have a heart that desires to bless others in Jesus' Name. Amen. Hey again, thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring your faith or a follower of Jesus, there's a next step for you. There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued and people to be reached. So what's your next step? To find out, head over to thechapelcollective.com.au And thanks again for listening.